Good morning, diners and vibers and listeners. You're tuned in to On the Menu Radio with Anne and Peter Head. And uh, today we're going to be dealing with more specialty food you should know about, starting with an ancient African grain called Fonio. We'll be interviewing Pierre Timon from Yolele Foods. He's from Senegal. And he's from Senegal. And uh, it's, it's a very delicious side to add to your meals and healthy too. Yeah, we started them. Okay. Um, we, were, we were just talking football, just in case you're wondering, because our guest for this 30 minutes or so is a New England Patriots fan, shall we say? Well, you know, we'll, we'll try and avoid the fan, but... <laughs> well, now, I'm going to take a stab at this, and it's I'm going to do the French. It's uh, Robert Poirier, Jr. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is wonderful pronunciation. Anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, you know, the, the, the nuns drummed in French to me for most of my life. <laughs> Anyhow. I'm sure my French ancestry would be so happy right now to hear that. Oh, yeah. And so, you, do, but, you, you do our French ancestry, so, so yes, sir. We're, we're right in a respect. In a respect, we're right. So tell well, me. Go ahead. Yes, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I, I just wanted to mention up front that what we're going to talk about is is your wonderful product um, in a company called Pop IQ. So you're going to tell us all about that. But first of all, I think Peter wants to know something about your background. Well, um, my family um, has a major appliance uh, business, three generations that I'm involved with. Uh-huh. So I have a little bit of, of exposure to uh, cooking from that um, okay. over the years. And, um, you know, I've always been interested in healthy eating and I had some health challenges. So it kind of steered me into this direction. Right. This is true in so many of the uh, instances um, that people start off with a, a gluten intolerance and end up with a whole uh, special product company, specialty foods. Um, or they have a diabetic child or something. You know, it's, it's, it's really amazing. So how did you come into this? You have a, a, a nodding acquaintance with the food industry especially food industry, I imagine. Um, and you, you have a company. You have to explain me to me how this company uh, fits in here called Atlantic New England. Yes, the Atlantic New England Group is the company that um, operates the snack factory and produces Popeye Q. Okay, so the, the snack factory, snacks factory is the primary um uh, company, corporation. Yes, that's correct. Atlantic New England Group. And we've got a, a small little factory here in Norwood. And, uh, you know, we, we produce the product daily and um, we make it from scratch and, and we pop the grain and we season it and we package it and then we send it out. Now, uh-huh. what, what makes sorghum a grain as compared to wheat or barley or rye or Soy. Well, yeah, sorghum is in that family with all those grains and it is, is okay. actual, 
Yeah, the fifth most harvested grain in the world behind yeah. rice, wheat, corn, and barley. And, and, it, and it's native in terms of its extensive use mostly in Africa or, or Asia? Or? That's where I think it was first discovered. We have um, some material indicating that um, sorghum actually was discovered in a, in a dig um, in Egypt, um, okay, right. estimated to be 8,000 years old. Yes, but, old, um, old grain, you know, I know that. Yeah, it definitely qualifies for the ancient uh, grain. <laughs> but people in Africa have been, uh, have, you know, had uh, sorghum as a sustainable food source for a long, long time, a couple thousand years. And because of its unique characteristics with, um, you know, less water consumption and it's drought resistant, um, it's it's worked out, you know, to help them nutritionally. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to grow, isn't it? It will grow in um, conditions that other grains won't. Yeah, so it makes it very valuable. No, it, it's, but it's grown in substantial quantities in these good old United States, correct? Yes, and actually uh, the, the, the U.S. is the number one grower globally of sorghum. And um, because the U.S. grows a lot of um, organic sorghum, it's exported all around the world. Now, is your product made with organic sorghum? Yes, we procure and uh, work with only certified organic sorghum grain. Okay, and is it like grown in the south, or where is it grown? Um, the most current load that we got uh, came from California. Uh, we got a ton recently, but... Uh, it is most popular in the Midwest, um, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, oh, okay. Iowa. Yeah. So it's corn. It's corn belt. That's correct. That, that's, it's, that's its native environment. And are, are we selling? Are we selling a lot of it to China? You know, I was going to mention that. <laughs> I was going to steer away, steer away from China a little bit. But I guess, this, you know, and we're connected with the association, um, the Ranchers Association, which is the United Sorghum Checkoff Program. So we, we get some data and a lot of support from them. And I guess, as, as the story goes, because China has so much um, trouble with, um, you know, for lack of a better terminology, pollution, and they don't have enough clean crop for their food supply, and Got they it. buy organic sorghum from the U.S. to help their livestock because they don't have enough um, clean food to feed them. Oh, they don't okay. even have clean baby food. <laughs> That's when people travel, when Chinese travel, they found that they, that's what they buy. They take back into China formula. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's pretty bad, isn't it? So, um, so all right. So, this has been around for all this time. How did it all of a sudden come to your attention? Well, I actually became um, aware of sorghum at an entrepreneur show expo at uh, one of the colleges in Boston that I attended back in 2012. <laughs> and uh, you know, with my background in the major appliance industry, I, I've had a interest in food for a long, long time. And when I came across this. You know, you know, myself, I like a lot of people, I guess, you know, would be busy and on the go a lot. And, you know, I'd stop somewhere quickly 
for, you know, something not very nutritious in a snack that I'd substitute for a real lunch. And, and I would say to myself, I have to do better than this. Uh-huh. And when I became aware of sorghum and then, you know, I, I discovered how it pops like popcorn and, um, you know, all the, um, the accolades of sorghum, it was, um, it was inspiring. No, it is, it, is, it is fed to livestock principally here in the United States that, even? Over the years, that, you know, um, that has been its main um, use, but there are a lot of um, different uses that people have becoming aware of um, in the past number of years. Yeah, and, sure. You know, people in the South know more about it, I think, than people in the North. And yeah, that's what right. made me ask about the South, yeah. Well, that's yeah, well, part of the Southern foodways. Um, now, yeah, you have a lot of very impressive literature on the superior nutritional qualities of sorghum. Do you want to tell us about some of them? I've got a list of ten in front of me, so I can cheat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, please do. But, um, you know, it's the grain itself has never been genetically modified. That's and good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really tremendous compared to some of the other things that, um, you know, we're exposed to. But sorghum is loaded with macro and micronutrients. And it's also about 75% a complex carbohydrate. So that helps with digestion. And it's remarkable that, you know, for instance, our one-ounce portion would make you more full than you would think from that size of a portion. Oh, I'll tell you, it does wonders from my soft-boiled eggs in the morning, <laughs> sprinkling that on it. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. That, well, it's sort of, you know, like um, well, Peter's English, and, you know, they, they give the, um, the, the kitty winks, they give them their soft-boiled eggs and their egg cup with soldiers. They're just pieces of toast to dip in there. Well, it's my reaction to soldiers. Actually, actually so soldiers are made out of buttered bread. bread. Oh, I thought they were toast. toasted. No, they're made out I was, of... I, when I grew up, of, I had the toast. Slices of, slices of bread cut into fingers. Right. Uh, or soldiers and buttered. Interesting. Yeah, so yeah, anyhow, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it yeah, served yeah. the purpose of sopping up the, uh, the <laughs> runny egg yolk. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Now, now, my checklist here says sorghum is high in potassium. Yeah, that's good. And that's that's good for you. It's very good for people who exercise. It's gluten-free, so it's good for celiac disease people. It's rich because it's gluten-free. It's rich in phytochemicals and phenolic acids. What the hell are those? (laughs) <laughs> well, they're um, necessary nutrients that the World Health Organization recommends for um, your recommended daily intake. Got it, okay. And then we've got minerals, magnesium, copper, mangan- manganese. I mean, manganese, manganese is, is really make, important, Manganese is usually way. making steel. How, how did it find its way into sorghum? <laughs> Well, it makes you strong like steel. Is that what it is? So now, okay, so somebody talked about sorghum, 
and 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 something went off in your brain. Oh, I'm sorry. What's that? I mean, you were at a meeting, and and they were the, somebody mentioned sorghum, and and a light went off in your head, in your brain. Oh, yes, exactly. I mean, you know, like. Like, I had been searching for better food and, you know, a substitute for, you know, snacks that I was eating that were less healthy. And, and when I saw this, I was, you know, impressed with this list of um, nutrients and, you know, the fact that it's um, never been genetically modified and that it's something that's grown in America and it's organic and, you know, readily available. So I had been interested in, you know, something to make, for myself for a long, long time, and this made the opportunity to develop it into something that maybe I could help others with as well. So what was your next move? Well, we formed a team um, back in the fall of 2012 to, um, you know, um, make a concept, and, you know, after um, I have a, a friend who has a uh, pasta manufacturing facility in Massachusetts and another one who uh, works as a CEO for a snack company. And so we brought a bunch of people together and, you know, um, formulated a plan to um, produce the snack ourselves as opposed to, you know, going to a um, co-packer or, Mm -hmm. you know, another manufacturer to have it done for us. So, we went through the necessary steps with the uh, Massachusetts um, Department of Public Health. Uh, we were first licensed um, for a food production facility in 2014, and then we outfitted our factory and started doing experimental batches um, for the flavors that we were going to introduce. Huh. No, I mean, like you, you said that this Atlantic New England is a major snacks producer what other kind of snacks i mean are they unhealthy snacks or, or well that was the company that we formed to um you know be the uh corporation that produced pop iq but this is oh, okay. our product as of this time but we just did introduce three new flavors in addition to our four original flavors okay and and iq means stands for something what is it well, wow, that's very good, in. Yeah. <laughs> Air pop sorghum is quality. IQ is, is quality. Okay, that's okay. good. So it's not, it's not just eaten by intelligent people. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's smart people all over the world that are trying to eat better these days, so um, I hope that makes a connection. I was just trying to figure out if you mixed, if you mixed it up with that stuff they advertise, it's made out of seaweed. You, know, you, might, you might have a killer combination. That's an interesting. Uh, you haven't yeah, mentioned. Yeah, I like that. You haven't, you haven't mentioned its memory capabilities. That's what I want. That's, that's what I need. I'll, <laughs> I'll eat three bags a day if it, if it helps me remember where I put something. <laughs> so it sounds like kale should be the next flavor. I'm trying to get a handle on this. You set up this corporation to handle this particular snack development but this is your major snack out of that corporation so far that's correct yeah i mean okay. we're you know we're into it six years now so we're still relatively small and um you know there's a lot of um new um uh 
food introductions um, across you know the spectrum with the uh, specialty food association and um, snacking in general I mean people have gotten into such a, a busy lifestyle that you know things like um, grab and go and um, you know uh, portion control and um, then they talk about mini meals where people just eat a little bit throughout the whole day they, yeah, they graze. <laughs> <laughs> they do. I mean, a friend of mine has three kids, and she she has also a, a mansion and a very affluent section. And um, she she's also a professional person, so she sets the table like in the past, like in a. Um, what do you call it? A, not a corridor, but in a, a highly trafficked part of the the um, eating space, she just puts everything out on the table, and the kids wander by and eat as they're hungry. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's interesting. Yeah. normal. Hmm. Okay, so so now we we have this um, this. You're adding flavors. I mean, what are the flavors? So our uh, first four flavors that we introduced were um, sea salt and pepper, cheddar, Tuscany, and kettle. Okay. And then um, at the beginning of this year, um, we noticed a lot of um, requests on Amazon for um, a lesser, um, we'll say bold, sea salt and flavor. Uh, sea oh. salt and pepper flavor. So we came out with a sea salt and pepper light. Oh. And then, yeah, uh, it's a quarter of the oil and half of the salt and half of the pepper, so it's lower in sodium. But a lot of people also um, made comments that they would like just a salt flavor. So we came out with one that we call cinema style, and that's oh, slightly right. salty. That. Yeah. And then the uh, third introduction um, was Plain Naked, which, you know, we thought, we'll give it a shot. And, you know, it's easy because it's not seasoned. And as it turns out, it's the new big seller out of the, um, out of the three introductions. I wonder why. Do you think they pair it with other things that have more flavor? Well, yeah, and, on you know, between... Um, the listing on Amazon and on our uh, our own e-commerce website at popiqsnacks.com, we make a lot of suggestions about how you can use the pops like on your salad or on your oatmeal or even the kettle pops on ice cream. And it was really so thrilling to hear about the soft-boiled eggs, but <laughs> I think... <laughs> I, I think that... Um, I have a feeling you're about when to be it, famous, love. <laughs> Maybe an acquired <laughs> taste. I'm not sure. <laughs> when it comes to adding it to other foods, maybe plain is the way that people want to have that on their salad or in their oatmeal. Yeah, yeah, or, or in or in their soft-boiled eggs. <laughs> or maybe even they're um, having the uh, plain at home, and then they're flavoring it with their own um, seasoning that they might shake on there. There you go. You can do that too. Now it's it's good it's good for type two diabetes sufferers. So we got to take my brother some next time we see him. Okay. 
Right, and a low glycemic load. Yep. And reducing the risk of heart disease and some cancer. In order to use this claim, the serving size must contain a specified amount of dietary fiber per serving. Four serving sizes are specified, from a 35 gram serving to 1.7 grams. The whole grain sorghum is an excellent source of dietary fiber. I'm reading from my script here. Yeah. Well, all in all, I think you've got a, a winner there. Well, Don't thank you? you. Or, or even a wiener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's truly a remarkable grain, and um, you know a lot of people haven't um, been exposed to sorghum, but it's been used in ways in America that people make flour from it because it's yeah. gluten-free. And in the South, there's also a uh, sweet sorghum syrup that they derive from the stock. Yes, I know that too. I forgot about that. And then also. Um, sorghum beer has started to uh, come into popularity again because it's gluten free so if you have a weed intolerance now there's a beer that you can actually enjoy and, oh no um, kidding yeah and then um, with how it's been used in Africa in addition um, to they've been popping sorghum in Africa on a huge iron skillet you know a thousand years ago or more but they also um, make it into a meal similar to like a quinoa um, and they they cook it into a porridge or a pilaf. Okay. Yeah, there, there, there's, a, there's a grain we were featured in the program just a few weeks ago that, that comes from Sierra Leone, isn't it? Sierra Leone, it's, it's, it's West Africa anyway. It starts with an F. Fonio. Folio or phonio? Phonio, And it's uh, apparently it's 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 even tough. It's even tougher than sorghum in terms of the environment in which it'll thrive. Interesting. Well, yeah, anyhow, um, we we were really pleased to find it, and and it's um, it's been a highlight of uh, my mornings now. And so it's good to get to talk to you about it. And um, I guess we expect expansions and great things from your company. Well, that's wonderful, Anne. Thank you. And thank you very much for inviting us onto your uh, radio show. Yeah, well, um, and keep us posted. Oh, by all means, yes. Yeah. You could also put it in, uh, in chocolate. That you know, sounds like wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You, you, next next time you need to hire me <laughs> to get these tips. <laughs> okay. Well. Yeah. Good. Good luck to you and uh, much success with your new product. And it's a shame that the uh, specialty food, uh, fancy food show is not in business this year because this would be a real starring uh, product. I think. Oh, I know it. And I could yeah. um, just end that and say that uh, we did display at the Javits uh, uh -huh. in 2016, and the uh, Snacking Candy magazine reviewed us as one of the top 11 products at the Fez.
Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. Welcome back. Next up, one of my most favorite things is the fava beans. Oh, I love these snacks. And it's, it's called the Nutty Bean Company. And uh, we're going to talk to the founder, Frank Guido, who has this project, product called Favalicious. And you can't stop eating them. Now, um, you know, uh, I started out, I, I thought I was looking up snack nuts. Because of the name of your company, Nutty, N-U-T-T-E-E, Bean Company, Frank Guido. But it turns out that actually it's really Favalicious, which has to do with fava beans, which we love. Well, that's fantastic. Um, Why did you name it Nutty Bean Company? Well, you know, I'll tell you the truth on this. It's something that is created a little bit of conflict even with my team as we've gone on you know and I started this all by myself and built the team as we were going but I've done some other companies in time I'm one of those serial entrepreneur types and I wanted this to be you know maybe not my last company but maybe my nearly last company and I wanted to be fun I wanted to really have a lot of fun and this being uh, something that I was introduced, which we'll talk about the history later on, many years yeah, ago. Yeah, you, you kept encountering with different names, fava beans everywhere. Yeah. Fava, Abba, I kept running into it all <laughs> over the world. And I, and I finally said, you know, I've got to do something with this. So I wanted this to be a fun company. I wanted the name to relate to, to, to bean. I didn't think it was going to cause a lot of conflict because, again, we went allergy safe. And nut, sometimes people won't take a second look at it, so that's why we made the bean bigger in it. And then Favalicious obviously be, just became automatic branding. It was something yeah. that I had already registered and worked on, and it turned out to be great. So I'm hoping we can overcome the nut part and have them understand that nutty is for fun, not for nuts. <laughs> and that we really wanted to have fun with this company. Yeah, well, we love fava beans, and, except I don't like to have to peel them when I'm using them fresh. Yeah, you know, can, and can, we were brought up we were brought up on Lupinis, and it's the same thing. And, okay, uh, Lupinis. Uh, <laughs> I remember way back in the days, like when people smoked and things, I used to put off these Lupini beans for snacks, for parties and things, and nobody ever ate them. <laughs> so I felt like I was putting the same product out as I was putting back in the jar. <laughs> And one day I found a cigarette butt in it, and I said, that's it. No. <laughs> oh, we're, uh, we're, were I've never brined? had none of the lupini beans since then. Were, were they brined in a jar? <laughs> in, a, in, a, in, a, in a saltwater brine? Is that how they were? were and you kind of yeah, I think so. Out of the I think so. Yeah. It was a long time ago. Very similar. I can remember when we've... When we were we were out with somebody in in a Bruzzo, I think, in Italy, and we said to the person who was guiding us around, "What's that thing over there?" He said, "That's that's a uh, 
a fava bean tree, and I, I never, I never seen one. Before. Oh yeah, we saw them. Yeah, that. And the other yeah. thing that's interesting that's to see growing is, is chickpeas. You're probably thinking of the oh, chickpeas. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. It's my mistake. Yeah. I'm thinking chickpeas. Chickpeas. They come to her, and, and they're kind of a bitch too. I mean, it's fresh. So. <laughs> Lupinis, and if they were really, really well brined, I'd sometimes not waste the time to squeeze them out of the peel. I'd eat them with the the, the husk. Oh, peel. I did too. Just cringe. My mom oh, yeah. cringe. What's the matter with you? She so said it's okay, mom. It's okay. Yeah. It, there's a lot of <laughs> good stuff in the husk. But if you notice on our whole bean that it's got a belt on it, that brown yeah. belt in the middle. Uh-huh. That, right. That's the husk. That's the husk of the bean. Oh, is that what that is? That's I was wondering if it was purely aesthetic or not. So I've been eating a lot of these like beans, that. by the way. But uh, do you like them? Yeah, of course I like them. So you're, yeah. you're, see, you're a seeker, Frankie. You don't, you don't bother to take the husks off. You just leave them on. Well, no. To tell you the truth, it's more complicated than that. In the beginning, when we did started this, uh, we actually had them hand cut, and it took us about a year and a half. To, we got a machine developed that can actually cut that husk on the bean now after it's rehydrated. So it was a process that we had to learn, and we actually had to teach our co-packer. But they're the ones; they're they were brilliant. They came up in the beginning about cutting this husk and leaving uh-huh. that band. So going through the roasting process, because all the time that I had seen these beans previously, and I was first introduced in, in the 90s, 95, 96 in Bolivia, I kept t- t- telling everybody they were a nut. I used to go down and buy wood. I had a wooden interview company for 17 years, so I'd be down there all the time. And it was, they sold them like chiclets. They do, you know, in some of these countries, you know, just on yeah. the road, Indians sell them in cellophane. And it looked like a, 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 almost a perfect half a peanut with a little curve in it. I kept saying, these are great nuts. And they kept going, they're not nuts, Frank, they're beans. They're not nuts, they're beans. <laughs> and I, I, I probably got it around 2000. Oh, and wow. uh, I, th- I, I was saying, okay, but I had never saw the husk. So when I saw the whole process, and, they, and I said, listen, we've got to do something about the husk. If we dehusked it completely, they fell apart in the roasting process. Uh-huh. And I wanted, really wanted to have this whole bean. So they said, here's what we're going to do. And they were brilliant, absolutely brilliant. They hand cut them. And we would, they would cut tons of them. They'd have 20 gals, and they would cut six or seven tons uh, every five days. And we wow. could do a, a run of 50,000 bags. So it was, it was really, and I'll tell you, when they, when they came down, they were all ooing and eyeing as it came down uh, because of the, the color. And mm-hmm. we had started with palm oil, and then we went to this expeller pressed uh, hyaluronic sun, sunflower oil, which is as good, if, or if not better, than olive oil. That's uh, virgin olive oil, only because it has a little higher flash point. And when they came through with this golden look, I mean, everybody just sat there and just oohed and hot like fireworks. And, My God, look at these things. So we knew we had it then. We knew we had it. Well, now, you, you are a serial entrepreneur. Has uh, have your ventures always been in the food business? No, no, not no, not at all. This is really my first venture into food. Okay, now I've why been, would you pick something that's probably well? I, I'll say it's a huge market. I know snacks, but the competition is so dense for something different. I know. 
I know. I, I, I'm kind of asking myself. I actually thought it was going to be a little <laughs> easier. I knew I had something that was very, you're laughing at me. I hear you. That I had something that was really distinct. Uh, my aim was to be disruptive. And uh, because, you know, I think that we've fine-tuned really who we are and what we're doing and that uh, we're really a nut alternative. And uh-huh. there's just so many people that I've run into while I started this. And I wanted to do it natural. I wanted to do everything I can for clean label. But as I was doing it, I said, if we're doing all this, we're putting together this puzzle for the ingredients and the oils for vegan and kosher and non-GMO projects. Oh, Let's just go to the last step and make it allergy-friendly. <laughs> and uh, it, it turned out that that's really what this is, is a nut alternative. There's nothing out there that looks like a nut, feels like a nut, tastes like a nut, that somebody who can't eat nuts or somebody who has a lactose intolerance or a fish intolerance, there's no contamination with this at all. And this is the perfect substitute and alternative. So I kind of, like, fell into it, you know, mm-hmm. as, as I was going. So I'm hoping that it's going to get easier because uh, we've just gotten some great... Well, you uh, hadn't counted on this done. COVID thing and then the, uh, um, the Black Lives Matter six, everything that's happened. It's terrible oh, time. You know, it, uh, it, it, and it, it really was the worst time for us. I mean, well, I reintroduced this product uh, last August, and we got in front of UNFI in a week. And uh, right away, within three days, they came back and said, listen, if you want to be in our February 2020 catalog, you've got seven days to do 15 pages of work for us to be able to get into the catalog. And we said, okay, we'll do it. Right after that, I I applied for this program for Food Navigator. I'm sure you've heard of that that digital magazine with news. And they had a summit for kids in, in Chicago in November of 2019. And they picked eight companies, and one of them was us about mm. disruptive emerging brands that are innovative. It could be for kids, uh, something for nutritionists to look at, blah, blah, blah. We're in there with, with companies like Kashi for Kids, uh, Chobani's new Gimme's yogurt that's in an individual serving uh, or, you know, uh, a single serving pack as they kind of squeeze right. out. And we're in with companies like that in November. And I'm going, you know, hey, we're really getting some notice here. Nobody knows anything about it. They're just looking at the product, looking at the label, tasting the product, going on our packaging, and they're taking notice this fast. February of this year, Pepsi picks us up for the Nutrition Greenhouse, their mm-hmm. accelerator program. Ten, we're one of ten companies out of 400 companies, one of five snacks. They picked five snacks and five drinks for this accelerator program in February. We got a lot of press in February and early March, and then, you know, the rug got Everything pulled out happened. from under us. The rug got yeah. pulled out completely uh, uh, completely out of us. Our, all of our, our category reviews with Whole Foods and Sprouts and Fresh Market had all been set up in the fall. Everything was canceled. So it's been a, a pretty big pivot in terms of you know, what to do to try to keep the momentum, you know, how to be able to push the online. And, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, online is great. It's not as easy as everybody thinks. I know it's not, and especially if you don't know how to do it, which is most people doing it are not used to doing it. But um, you you think you have a problem. Do you know Frank Gulo? Do you know Frank Gulo? Well, he's Hmm. he's on Long Island. Um, He has... A wonderful company, mainly, well, primarily, 
traditionally supplying restaurants, and, and his big product is octopus. If you want to try to sell that <laughs> on retail. <laughs> oh, my God. If you think if you if you think you're in trouble, think think about Frank Gula. Think, think about Frank. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, he's exactly. he's picked up. Um, uh, he sent me a four pound octopus. I looked at it for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, I'm, I'm yeah. one of those guys. Then she fixed it. Then she cooked it. I cooked yeah, it. Well, I didn't I'm like guys who buys who buys octopus too. I'll triple bag it and I'll put it in the dryer to. Uh, to uh, tenderize it, and then, then I'll cook it. Well, these are pre-tenderized, actually. Yeah, he I'll, has a I'll proprietary process. Yeah. So, I'll but anyhow, well, I think it involves some sort of machine, and that I don't know. So, um, really, yeah. But, and he, well, yeah, go Frank Gulo, G U L L O, uh, seafoods, Gulo seafoods. And, um, and yeah, well, I'm sure he now has added, I mean, he always did uh, calamari and uh, what else, a couple of other things, but he's finally added things like salmon and you know, <laughs> not as hard to sell as octopus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially now with food service in, in the shape that it's in right now, it's got to be tough for him. You know, it's really oh, yeah. let's, let's go. Let's go back to these. These things that are look like nuts, but they're really not, because no, a, big, a, a big thing a, a big thing about them is the flavors you picked. Now we used to love wasabi peas. Way, way back, really? before anybody had ever heard of them, we would have bowls of wasabi peas for for the cocktail hour. But but you've gone one further or two times further with the flavors that you added. Well, yeah, we did a little wasabi ginger combination, and mm-hmm. one of the things, actually, you know, I, and I'm I'm the kind of guy. I mean, I love banana peppers. I put it in my sauces, and I'm a pepper guy. I grow peppers. I grow ghost peppers, but mm-hmm. you know, the market loves loves and hates hot stuff, and it was really hard to get the right kind of flavor. I love those wasabi peas because they'll get you right from the first bite, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you just got to keep eating them because you're already hot. It doesn't matter. But these, we wanted to build. And um, it's actually a little different process. With, and we've been able to get through uh, McCormick this uh, encapsulated mustard that goes with the wasabi and whatever else that is, is released when your saliva hits it. And that kind of, once that hits, it really gives you the, the hit of ginger almost at the same time. And it was tough. But we have, still have a lot of people coming back and saying it's got, it doesn't have enough punch. It doesn't have this. We have others that say it's too hot. Oh, you can never you get just, it right, you know. You, you can't play But, you know, by, by throwing in the, the ginger, you're hitting on one of these other guiding principles of, of the um, food trade right now, which is you have to get all these health benefits from uh, things like turmeric and, and ginger. Exactly. I mean, we, we do that, too. We use a lot of ginger exactly. and a lot of turmeric. And so. if you notice, we like to always take two maybe opposite things. You know, salt and vinegar has always been one. Chili and lime is another way. And we like to just kind of take those opposites and put them together and see if we can't get the right touch to it. Uh-huh. We've we've gotten very lucky. It's been not, not that it has been a lot of work with getting – that those profiles were kind of where we wanted them. I'll tell you a quick story. That when we got into this accelerator program in New York, 
uh, we were the inaugural was at the Pepsi headquarters in Connecticut. So they brought in people from all Pepsi from all over the world, and we had gone through a whole lot of different flavors and things when we went into our first packaging at the end of uh, 18, 2018, to develop this package and re- redevelop these profiles. And right at the last moment in December, we were already in production of the package. The blenders called up and said, Frank, we got a big problem. I said, what's the problem? He says, we can't get non-GMO garlic. I said, what do you mean you can't get it? Everything was non-GMO from the beginning. We, we vetted it, whatever. He goes, yeah, but we know that they're going to ask for the IP on it. We can't get it. And I'm uh-huh. like, well, well I, I can't do it. I can't do it. So we immediately <laughs> went to our, our C plan, which was which was the chili and lime, and we take six to seven to eight months to develop a flavor. I know that's a long time, but that's what it takes us to get it to get it right. And um, even on the first one, it took us a year, and then we we changed it, and it took another eight months. So we ended up doing that Chilean line in a matter of four weeks. So to make a long story short, I'm looking at this guy's got a salt and vinegar package in his hand, and he goes, <laughs> "Tell me how you got to the Chilean line, Frank." And I see this, and I almost know that he's noticed because on each package you'll see it says, see our other two flavors. Mm-hmm. So I stopped the production, changed the dyes, and we <laughs> changed everything for the chili and lime. Forgot, honest to God, forgot to take off the other, the, the, the chili and garlic flavor on the dyes that were on the bags at the time. It said, see our other two flavors. Oh. And he had it. So and he saw it. These, I'll tell you, these people pick up every little thing. So I kind of knew it. So I told him the story, and he goes, well, I got to tell you this. And he turns back, he goes, that's why I'm asking you. He goes, it says chili and garlic. He goes, let me tell you something. He goes, it's luck and it's fate. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, chili and lime is a global flavor. You are spot on. He goes, if you would have gone with this chili and garlic, you would have been pigeonholed and it wouldn't have moved. He goes, congratulations on having good luck. Gave me his card, turned around and walked away. That's all he said. He didn't say anything else to me. And I'm just standing there flabbergasted. That's a name we, for another flavor. <laughs> so we, we took a lot of time, and we, I appreciate the, the, the fact that uh, you thought that we did a good job on those profiles also. Because it, it, it's hard work to, to really put the puzzle it together. Is. I Again, mean, I meet, often I marvel stories. at um, – as some of the creative innovation that comes out in terms of flavors, and they're getting more—they're getting simpler, but they're also getting more complex. I mean, we we just have done a, a line of um, of jams, the bone mago, and and also of um, what were the other ones? The the uh, condiments from um, what's it called? The preservatory, like, English like preservatory. Is it Blake Hill? Is that what it's called? Blake Hill. You want to see flavor profiles? You just won't even believe the creativity and how many there are. And um, you know, I guess she's pretty young. They're from England, but anyhow, um, it, it's it's a tough business. But <laughs> there's yeah, a lot of creativity in it. You want to get some ideas? Check out check out a website called Oomph. Oh, 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 and pH. Oh, and pH. Okay. They have some great uh, flavor things. 
Well, are you having a good time is all I have to ask. Well, you know, I am. I'm having fun. I mean, I, I, I get, I'm, I'm obviously stressed just like every other small business. And, uh, you know, we ganged up on inventory and, you know, was hoping that things were going to get a move. What's, what's really good, though, is that, you know, now just in the last week or so, we feel some of the momentum coming back. We, we feel the, the, the resonance. And, um, you know, when I talk to a buyer or a rep or a broker that has talked to somebody, they say, you know, we dropped off 12 bags. They call back the next day, say they're interested. We'll get back in four or five weeks. And they ate five bags since we dropped it off. That means something to me, and I, and I, and I really appreciate the fact that, that they're just not BSing me and whatever else. So the residents is feeling good. I just have a feeling that the whole, the whole year won't be lost, that we'll make up some ground, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into places uh, sooner or later that, uh, you know, will definitely be good for everybody. And that's really what we wanted. We wanted something that was good for everybody, even though we have so many benefits that it's, it's just it's hard you know, to, to list who's going to do what. It's hard to really pick your target audience. I know. And those are things that we've really been honing to try, to try to say, you know, really what's trending right now, you know, which is keto, yeah. which is low carb, which we are, no sugar added. I, I, if like I get one more I'll, I'll keto, anything I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah, I know. It's, 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 it's hard. But, you know, it's, a, it's, it's going to be a legitimate uh, trend, just like, you know, non-gluten four or five, six years ago wasn't a category. It's a category now. I think allergy safe will be a category in a year oh. or two also. Well, you know, I mean, we've followed this um, Specialty Food Association, the Fancy Food Show, for probably, what, 15 years, Alex? Something like towards that. the beginning of it. Anyhow, um, and I could see the change at the moment in time. It moved into this health-conscious stuff. And the labels started mm-hmm. getting longer because they had to be kosher and they had to be, you know, <laughs> non-GMO. And they've got to be, you could see that it was all going to come down to this health thing. So, exactly. um, you know, yeah. it, was, it was really too bad. It was going to be our debut show in, in this, this, this summer show that, that it was canceled. We were going to do that, the UNFI show, a snack show. Well, you know, it, the, it, it, they, they actually we were able to do it. We we talked to um, a, a lot of people that um, submitted to for the Sophie Awards, and yeah, uh, they, they they put off the you know, judging of that. But the last I heard from the Specialty Food Association is that they were actually going to uh, do judging uh, either the end of June or July, and so that they will yeah. be able to. And, and they haven't said that. they're canceled the fancy food show, or the summer fancy food show in New York altogether. They're looking at the fall. They're not going to open in the fall. I mean, you know, I don't people so. are coming from Europe. People are coming from all over the place. It's, uh, people lost a lot of money on um, arrangements. and, and exactly. I, I so, But I, you know, I think I at mean, least they should have the awards because there's no I, other I, way. We're doing our best to identify all these products out there, but the, the key to it all was the fancy food show. Well, That's we're, we're in the Sophie. Got we, we've got all, all three products in the Sophie. I heard they're going to do it somewhere around maybe July also, and that they're going to do a bunch yeah. of picks, and there's three or four new categories, so we're hoping. But, you know, I, I don't know 
if I would do it or not, even though I really want to. If they did it in the fall, I just don't feel comfortable. I'm still nervous. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I want oh, to I, I'm, yeah, from I don't think it's going to be over, Frank. I don't think yeah, it's going to be so. over in the fall. You know, I'm very yeah. nervous about that. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, the way that I used to fly around or whatever, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm, I'm nervous about that because I know I need to get around. I'm one of those guys who does just jump on a plane. and you got to go meet somebody, do it. And um, I'm nervous. It just makes me nervous. So... Well, yeah, well, we had to cancel. I mean, we we usually are out of the country uh, two to three times a month, and we haven't been anywhere since Christmas. And um, yeah, and it's we have had things canceled right and left. I mean, the, mm-hmm. um, the fifty best restaurants, you know, in the Netherlands, that's gone. Uh, I mean, that that was, you know, amazing. The James oh, Beard Awards canceled. Um, you know, it's just I could go through a whole list of these things, and nothing's happening. So I wouldn't count on having a, a big convention in the, or exhibition now, center in the fall. Exactly. Now next week we're doing the first show from United Natural Foods virtual show. Oh, so okay. So they set up this whole thing with a virtual booth. Uh, they've got a way to be able to do orders through the warehouse for distribution. They've invited, yeah. you know, obviously a private show for only unified customers. And it was a bear to set up. I mean, it's obviously a first oh, for, I'm sure. for us, the yeah. suppliers, a first for them. They have a third-party group called Parenzo from Australia that set up this whole web platform for it. And it was a bear, i got to tell you, because, you know, there's yeah. a new product showcase just like a show, shipper showcase, and um, the kinks aren't worked out even as of today. Supposedly at five o'clock today, I'll see what my new product showcase looks like. And yeah. uh, it show starts show starts Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, eight hours a day, just like a regular show. Wow! So we're hoping, even though nobody's heard about it. I <laughs> well, keep plugging, and and um, thank you for uh, <laughs> taking the time to talk to us about this and your product, and thank you for uh, for for coming up with the product because this is a winner. So. Anyhow, well, uh, you take care. Well, thanks. You too. Okay. Keep us posted. Yeah, appreciate the time. New Talk flavors, new whatever. <laughs> I'm right. anxious to well, see how well you much. do. Thank okay. you, Frank. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.com. And for our final segment, uh, we're going to turn to a a company. Well, the the company itself is Atlantic New England Group, but I'm going to just use the product name, which is called Pop IQ as the company. And it's, um, it's, Sorghum. I don't know if you know about sorghum or not, but it's a very interesting superfood. You, you're going to get to know about sorghum. And you're going to get to know much about sorghum. And, you, and you're going to want to put it in your diet as well as getting some of these snacky poo things too. The snacky poos, yes. So they're great snacky poos and a great alternative to, what do you call it, a starch to go with your dinner. I told, well, I told him and you that I put it on my software that. Yeah, you did. I do. You do. You do that too. 
Anyway, we better play the track. Huh? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we started. Okay. Um, we were, we were just talking football, just in case you're wondering, because our guest for this 30 minutes or so is a New England Patriots fan, shall we say? Well, you know, we'll we'll try and avoid the fan, but. <laughs> well, now, I'm going to take a stab at this, and it's, I'm going to do the French. It's Robert Poirier, Jr. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is wonderful pronunciation. Anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, you know, the, the, the nuns drummed in French to me for most of my life. <laughs> Anyhow. I'm sure my French ancestry would be so happy right now to hear that. Oh, Yeah. And so, you, do, but, you, you do our French ancestry, so, so we're, yes, sir. We're, we're right in a respect. In a respect, we're right. Yeah. So well, tell me. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I, I just wanted to mention up front that what we're going to talk about is is your wonderful product um, in a company called Pop IQ. So you're going to tell us all about that. But first of all, I think Peter wants to know something about your background. Well, um, my family um, has a major appliance uh, business, three generations that I'm involved with. Uh-huh. So I have a little bit of, of exposure to uh, cooking from that um, okay. over the years. And, um, you know, I've always been interested in healthy eating and I had some health challenges. So it kind of steered me into this direction. Right. This is true in so many of the uh, instances. Um, the people start off with a, a gluten intolerance and end up with a whole uh, special product company, specialty foods. Um, or they have a diabetic child or something. You know, it's, it's, it's really amazing. So how did you come into this? You have a, a, a nodding acquaintance with the food industry especially food industry, I imagine. Um, and you, you have a company. You have to explain me to me how this company uh, fits in here called Atlantic New England. Yes, the Atlantic New England Group is the company that um, operates the snack factory and produces Popeye Q. Okay, so the, the snack factory, snacks factory is the primary um uh, company, corporation. Yes, that's correct. Atlantic New England Group. And we've got a, a small little factory here in Norwood. And, uh, you know, we we produce the product daily and um, we make it from scratch and, and we pop the grain and we season it and we package it and then we send it out. Now, uh-huh. what what makes sorghum a grain as compared to wheat or barley or rye or Soy. Well, yeah, sorghum is in that family with all those grains. And it is, is okay. actual, yeah, the fifth most harvested grain in the world behind yeah. rice, wheat, corn, and barley. And, and, it, and it's native in terms of its extensive use mostly in Africa or, or Asia? Or? That's where I think it was first discovered. We have... Um, some material indicating that um, sorghum actually was discovered in a in a dig um, in Egypt, um, okay, right. estimated to be eight thousand years old. 
Yes, they're but, old, um, old grain. You know, I know that. Yeah, it definitely qualifies for the ancient uh, grain. <laughs> but people in Africa have been, uh, have, you know, had uh, sorghum as a sustainable food source for a long, long time, a couple thousand years. And because of its unique characteristics with, um, you know, less water consumption and it's drought resistant, um, it's, it's worked out, you know, to help them nutritionally. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to grow, isn't it? It will grow in um, conditions that other grains won't. Yeah, so it makes it very valuable. No, it, it's, but it's grown in substantial quantities in these good old United States, correct? Yes, and actually uh, the, the, the U.S. is the number one grower globally of sorghum. Okay. And um, because the U.S. grows a lot of um, organic sorghum, it's exported all around the world. Now, is your product made with organic sorghum? Yes, we procure and uh, work with only certified organic sorghum grain. Okay, and is it like grown in the south, or where is it grown? Um, the most current load that we got uh, came from California. Uh, we got a ton recently, but uh, it is most popular in the Midwest, uh, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, oh, okay. Iowa. Yeah. So it's corn. It's corn belt. That's correct. That, that, that's, that's its native environment. And are, are we selling? Are we selling a lot of it to China? You know, I was going to mention that. <laughs> and I was going to steer away, steer away from China a little bit, but I guess this, you know, and we're connected with the association, um, the Ranchers Association, which is the United Sorghum Checkoff Program. So we we get some data and a lot of support from them. And I guess, as, as the story goes, because China has so much um, trouble with, um, you know, for lack of a better terminology, pollution, and they don't have enough clean crop for their food supply, and Got they it. buy organic sorghum from the U.S. to help their livestock because they don't have enough um, clean food to feed them. Oh, they don't even okay. have clean baby food. <laughs> That's when people travel, when Chinese travel, they found that they that's what they buy. They take back into China formula. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's pretty bad, isn't it? So, um, so all right, so this has been around for all this time. How did it all of a sudden come to your attention? Well, I actually became um, aware of sorghum at an entrepreneur show expo at uh, one of the colleges in Boston that I attended back in 2012. <laughs> and, uh, you know, with my background in the major appliance industry, I, I've had a interest in food for a long, long time. And when I came across this, you know, uh, you know, myself, I, like a lot of people, I guess, you know, would be busy and on the go a lot. And, you know, I'd stop somewhere quickly for, you know, something not very nutritious and a snack that I'd substitute for a real lunch. And, and I would say to myself, I have to do better than this. Uh -huh. And when I became aware of sorghum and then, you know, I, I discovered how it pops like popcorn and, um, you know, all the, um, the accolades of sorghum, it was, um, it was inspiring. No, it is, it, is, it is fed to livestock principally. Here in the United States, that, even over the years, that you know, um, that has been 
its main um, use, but there are a lot of um, different uses that people have becoming aware of um, in the past number of years. And, you know, people in the South know more about it, I think, than people in the North. And yeah, that's what made right. me ask about the South, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah well... Part of the Southern foodways. Um, now, yeah, you have a lot of very impressive literature on the superior nutritional qualities of sorghum. Do you want to tell us about some of them? I've got a list of ten in front of me, so I can cheat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, please do. But, um, you know, it's the grain itself has never been genetically modified. That's and good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really tremendous compared to some of the other things that, um, you know, we're exposed to. But sorghum is loaded with macro and micronutrients. And... It's also about 75% a complex carbohydrate. So that helps with digestion. And it's remarkable that, you know, for instance, our one-ounce portion would make you more full than you would think from that size of a portion. Oh, I'll tell you, it does wonders from my soft-boiled eggs in the morning, <laughs> sprinkling that on it. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. That, well, it's sort of, you know, like... Um, well, Peter's English, and you know they give the um, the, the kitty wings. They give them their soft boiled eggs in their egg cup with soldiers. They're just pieces of toast to dip in there. Well, it's my reaction to soldiers. Actually, actually, so soldiers are made out of buttered bread. Bread. Oh, I thought they were toast. toasted. No, they're made out I was, of. I, when I grew up, I had the toast. Slices of slices of bread cut into fingers. Right. Or, or soldiers and butter. Interesting. Yeah, so yeah, anyhow, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it yeah, served yeah. the purpose of sopping up the, uh, the <laughs> runny egg yolk. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Now, now it, my checklist here says sorghum is high in potassium. Yeah, that's good. That's, and that's, that's good yes. for you? It's very it's good for people who It's gluten-free, so it's good for celiac disease people. It's rich because in it's gluten free. It's rich in phytochemicals and phenolic acids. What the hell are those? Product? <laughs> well, they're um, necessary nutrients that the World Health Organization recommends for um, your recommended daily intake. Got it. Okay. And then we've got minerals: magnesium, copper. Mangan manganese, I mean manganese. Manganese is, is really make, important. Manganese by is the way. usually making steel. How, how did it find its way into sorghum? <laughs> well, it makes you strong like steel. Is that what it is? So now, okay. So somebody talked about sorghum, and 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 something went off in your brain. I'm sorry. What's that? I mean, you were at a meeting, and, and they were the, somebody mentioned sorghum, and, and the light went off in your head, in your brain. Oh, yes, exactly. I mean, you know, like like I had been searching for a better food and, you know, a substitute for, you know, snacks that I was eating that were less healthy. And, and when I saw this, I was, you know, impressed with this list of um, nutrients and, you know, the fact that it's um, never been genetically modified and, 
that it's something that's grown in America and it's organic and, you know, readily available. So I had been interested in, you know, something to make for myself for a long, long time. And this made the opportunity to develop it into something that maybe I could help others with as well. So what was your next move? Well, we formed a team um, back in the fall of 2012 to, um, you know, um, make a concept. And, you know, after um, I have a, a friend who has a uh, pasta manufacturing facility in Massachusetts and another one who uh, works as a CEO for a snack company. And so we brought a bunch of people together and, you know, um, formulated a plan to um, produce the snack ourselves as opposed to, you know, going to a um, co-packer or, mm -hmm. you know, another manufacturer to have it done for us. So we went through the necessary steps with the uh, Massachusetts um, Department of Public Health. Uh, we were first licensed um, for a food production facility in 2014. And then we outfitted our factory and started doing experimental batches um, for the flavors that we were going to introduce. Huh. No, I mean, like you, you said that this Atlantic New England is a major snacks producer. What other kind of snacks? I mean, are they unhealthy snacks? Or, or? Well, that was the company that we formed to, um, you know, be the uh, corporation that produced Pop IQ, but this is oh, okay. our product as of this time. But we just did introduce three new flavors in addition to our four original flavors. Okay. And and IQ means stands for something. What is it? Well, in that's very good, Ann. <laughs> yeah. Air Pop Sorghum is quality. IQ is quality. Is okay, okay, that's okay. good. So it's not it's not just eaten by intelligent people. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's smart people all over the world that are trying to eat better these days. So um, I hope that makes a connection. I was just trying to figure out if you mix if you mixed it up with that stuff they advertise it's made out of seaweed. You, know, <laughs> you might you might have a killer combination. That's an interesting. Uh, you haven't yeah, mentioned. Yeah, I like that. You haven't, you haven't mentioned its memory capabilities. That's what I want. That's what I need. I'll, I'll eat three bags a day if it, if it helps me remember where I put something. <laughs> so it sounds so like you, kale should be the next flavor. I'm trying to get a handle on this. You set up this corporation to handle this particular snack development, but this is your major snack out of that corporation so far. That's correct. Yeah, I mean, okay. we're you know we're into it six years now, so we're, we're still relatively small, and um, you know there's a lot of um, new um, food introductions um, across you know the spectrum with the uh, Specialty Food Association and um, snacking in general. I mean, people have gotten into such a, a busy lifestyle that you know things like um, grab and go and um, you know, uh, portion control, and um, then they talk about mini meals where people just eat a little bit throughout the whole day. They, yeah, uh, they great. <laughs> <laughs> they do. I mean, 
a friend of mine has three kids, and she she has also a, a, a mansion and a very affluent section. And um, she she's also a professional person, so she sets the table like in a path, like in a um, what do you call it? A, not a corridor, but in a, a highly trafficked part of the the um, eating space. She just puts everything out on the table, and the kids wander by and eat as they're hungry. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's interesting. Yeah. normal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so now we we have this um, this. You're adding flavors. I mean, what are the flavors? So, uh, first four flavors that we introduced were um, sea salt and pepper cheddar, Tuscany, and kettle. Okay. And then um, at the beginning of this year, um, we noticed a lot of um, requests on Amazon for um, a lesser, um, we'll say bold, sea salt and flavor, uh, sea salt and pepper flavor. So we came out with a sea salt and pepper light. And then... Yeah, uh, it's a quarter of the oil and half of the salt and half of the pepper, so it's lower in sodium. But a lot of people also um, made comments that they would like just the salt flavor. So we came out with one that we call Cinema Style, and that's oh, slightly right. salty. That. Yeah. And then the uh, third introduction um, was Plain Naked, which, you know, we thought we'll give it a shot and you know it's easy because it's not seasoned and as it turns out it's the new big seller out of the um out of the three introductions i wonder why do you think they pair it with other things that have more flavor well yeah and on you know between um the listing on amazon and on our uh, our own e-commerce website at popiqsnacks.com we make a lot of suggestions about how you can use the pops like on your salad or on your oatmeal or even the kettle pops on ice cream and it was really so thrilling to hear about the soft boiled eggs but <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I think that um, I have a feeling you're about to be it, famous love. <laughs> maybe an acquired taste I'm not sure <laughs> When it comes to adding it to other foods, maybe plain is the way that people want to have that on their salad or in their oatmeal. Yeah, yeah, or, or in or in their soft-boiled eggs. <laughs> or maybe even they're um, having the uh, plain at home and then they're flavoring it with their own um, seasoning that they might shake on there. There you go. You can do that too. Now, it's... It's good. It's good for type two diabetes sufferers. So we got to take my brother some next time we see him. Okay. Right, and a low glycemic load. Yep. And reducing the risk of heart disease and some cancer. In order to use this claim, the serving size must contain a specified amount of dietary fiber per serving. Four serving sizes are specified, from a 35 gram serving to 1.7 grams. The whole grain sorghum is an excellent source of dietary fiber. I'm reading from my script here. Yeah. Well, all in all, I think you've got a, a winner there. Well, Don't thank you? you. Are you? 
or even a wiener. <laughs> yeah, it, it's truly a remarkable grain, and um, you know a lot of people haven't um, been exposed to sorghum, but it's been used in ways in America that people make flour from it because it's yeah. gluten-free. And in the South, there's also a uh, sweet sorghum syrup that they derive from the stock. Yes, I know that too. I forgot about that. And then also, um, sorghum beer has started to uh, come into popularity, again, because it's gluten-free. So if you have a weed intolerance now, there's a beer that you can actually enjoy. And, oh, no um, kidding. Yeah. And then... Um, with how it's been used in Africa, in addition um, to they've been popping sorghum in Africa on a huge iron skillet, you know, a thousand years ago or more, but they also um, make it into a meal similar to like a quinoa um, and they they cook it into a porridge or a pilaf. Okay. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a grain we were featured in the program just a few weeks ago that, that comes from Sierra Leone, isn't it? Sierra Leone, it's, it's, it's West Africa anyway. It starts with an F. Phonio. Folio or phonio? Phonio, phonio. And it's uh, apparently, it's, 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 even tough, it's even tougher than sorghum in terms of the environment in which it'll thrive. Interesting. Well, yeah, anyhow, um, we, we we're really pleased to find it, and and it's um, it's been a highlight of uh, my mornings now, and so it's good to get to talk to you about it. And um, I guess we expect expansions and great things from your company. Well, that's wonderful, Anne. Thank you, and thank you very much for inviting us onto your uh, radio show. Yeah, well, um, and keep us posted. Oh, by all means, yes. Yeah, you could also put it in uh, in chocolate. That you know, sounds like, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You, you, next next time, you need to hire me <laughs> to get these tips. <laughs> okay. By all well, means. Yeah, good good luck to you and uh, much success with your new product. And it's a shame that they have. Uh, Specialty food, uh, fancy food shows not in business this year because this would be a real starring product, I think. Oh, I know it. And I could yeah. um, just end that and say that uh, we did display at the Javits uh, in uh-huh. 2016, and the uh, Snacking Candy magazine reviewed us as one of the top 11 products at the Fez. Have it on the menu radio. Another, pro- another program in, in the can where all they say. Yeah, another, another, another program in the book. Whatever, <laughs> whatever they say. Whatever they say about us, we'll still be here. Same time, same place next week. We hope you'll join us then. And until then, bye bye.